Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. I'm um, going to just take about 15-20 minutes just to look ahead where we're, where we're at today and then just pray for a little bit um, at the very close of this. Just want to invite the Holy Spirit and leave some space for that. You know, over the last number of weeks, and um, particularly that I've been on, we've been uh, trying to just look outward, um, looking about the call upon all of our lives as believers that we are those that need to be about the Father's business. That There's a kingdom mission that is there for all of us. One of the issues, I, I recognize that, that it's one thing for me to stand here and say, and even to speak to myself, it's one thing to say, right, this is what we need to be about. It's one thing that we need to do. But yet for many of us, self-included, sometimes just because of many of our struggles, our fears, our weaknesses in life, there can be things that just really restrict us or, or hold us back. Jesus even said these words. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Sometimes we know in our heads the things that we want to do, but to practically step it out is hard. Paul even says this as well. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. These things that we love to be doing, sometimes we just don't do them. There's something that can be quite restrictive with us. For some of us, it could be out of a place of fear. So the kids were just speaking into fear this morning. That could be for some people in the room, a fear that we have. Sometimes it's we don't know what to do, how to do some of the things that we're talking about. Just maybe not feeling if we feel insecure with them. We've an enemy as well that's aware of that and wants to hammer home loads of those feelings to us. And so we just need to be aware of these things. And so some of the things we need to be so clear on as believers is that with this, with this new way of living, there has to be a new way of thinking. And so some of the words we've looked at over the last while, this is the, the initial form of repentance. This is the Hebrew word, nacham, which means to be sorry or to rue or to suffer grief. There's that idea that there's a remorse to our state before God when we're in a fallen state, in a sinful state before the Lord. This is that initial. God, I'm, I'm sorry. I repent of the sin in my life. This is a nacham, but there has to be an ongoing repentance. It's not about one moment. It's not about one prayer. There's an ongoing repentance and dying daily to the Lord. And this is where we look at this word, another Greek understanding of repentance, this word metanoia, which means to change how we think. There's a new way to think. There's a new way to live into, a new way to press into and to take hold of. And this is what today reminds us of, the significance of the need of the Holy Spirit in our lives. For us to be able to think as the Father would want us to think. Today we're going to look about what the Spirit wants to speak to us and what He wants to release to us specifically. Just a couple, one other couple of things just to say before we get into that. Um, if you were here a few weeks ago when David Legg was speaking, he did a, a great job um, teaching on this is what we carry as believers. And so for many of us, while we're saying, you know, we have fears or reservations about what it means to live out our lives in front of unbelievers, to make Jesus known to people, we need to recognize this, is that as Christians, this is what we carry today. Again, reminds us of this, we are those that carry power and authority. David referenced these two words, the, the word for power is this word dunamis, and the word for authority is this word exousia. This word exousia simply means this, the power of authority and of right. He used this image of a policeman with a gun, the gun he said that he was carrying represented the power but also there's criminals that have guns as well they have power but the thing that was different about the policeman was that the badge that was on his chest or on his cap was the thing that gave him authority the right the legal right to be able to use this power this is what we carry power and authority in the name 
of Jesus. And the thing is, we recognize this. As you read the Gospels, hopefully you, you read the Bible. And, and as you read the Gospels and you read the stories of Jesus, we see and we read many of the great things that he did. And uh, we, we recognize that Jesus was one who had all power and all authority. Jesus even says these words, all authority has been given to him. He demonstrated and moved in power. But the thing, the beautiful thing about Jesus was that the heart of Jesus and the heart of the Father was this, was that this was not just going to be for Jesus. Jesus was here to model it out, to give it away, to release it to every single one of his followers so that we too, when we talk about following Jesus in all of life again, we were saying that, that he would go ahead of us, that he would lead the way and we would come behind and continue the works that he does. And so Jesus desires to give it away. I really felt this phrase, it's a phrase I felt the Spirit just speak to me last year and I felt it again this week. This is significant for us. Everything of the kingdom that had come alive in Jesus stopped with Jesus unless he gave it away. Jesus the man. This is Jesus who was fully man. Everything of the kingdom that had come alive in Jesus stopped with Jesus unless he gave it away. And so what Jesus did was Jesus got around 12 guys and invested in them for three years. He gave it away. He demonstrated it to them. He modeled it to them. Everything that, of the kingdom that has come alive in your life stops with you unless you give it away. That's the very heart and essence of discipleship, how you help and you lead other people and you release what God's doing. We're going to be talking about that at the end. And so Jesus did this. He modeled it out to the 12. He gave it to the 12. This wasn't just about him. We read this in Luke chapter 9. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons. Power and authority, dunamis, exousia. Some people feel, so while today we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, there's many people who believe the things of the Spirit aren't for today. They have a sensationalist approach and idea. And what they believe is that this is pretty much where it stopped. Jesus gave it to the apostles, to the 12. It was for the establishment of the church and then it's done. We don't need the gifts of the Spirit for today. I just really feel that in that, I feel that for many people, Part of why we have this theology is because for many people, they have tried to create a theology that excused a sense of powerlessness or an experience of power in their life or in their church. And this is why I feel that we have theologies that teach into some of these things. It's not, it's not scriptural. This is what God has desired to give away. And, uh, and for us today, we need to recognize that this is, this is what the Spirit is seeking to do because we believe that the presence of the Spirit is with us, don't you? If you're a believer, you believe that you carry the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So you believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit is in your life. But where the presence of the Spirit is, the power of the Spirit is. You can't separate the two where the Spirit is or where the, the presence of the Spirit is, there's power. And so we press in. And so Jesus, David showed us this as well. He gave it away more. He gives it to the 72. This is, this is why I can't understand why people think that it was just for the 12. In the very next chapter, in Luke chapter 10, we read this. The Lord sends out the 72. And, uh, and he says this, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemies. They're sent out with power and authority. And then the good news for us, he just didn't stop there. He gives it to the church. This is the great commission. And so we read this. Jesus says, this, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Just one thing, just a reference in this and the great commission. And then uh, we're going just where we feel just the Spirit's saying today, just for the last 15 minutes. This idea of the great commission, I feel as well into this sense of um, insecurities or doubts that people are having. The thing about this Great Commission is that we've, we sang it this morning and we, we celebrate what Jesus has done on the cross. The thing was for, for, the, for the apostles, for the early church, the cross was significant, but the resurrection was the most significant thing. 
Jesus wasn't dead. He was alive. Jesus was their savior king. He was alive. He was at the right hand of the Father. And what happened was that Jesus had appeared many times after his resurrection to his followers to remind them that he was alive. This that we read in Matthew's gospel was the ninth post-resurrection appearance. Jesus has been appearing to different people and has been speaking to different people. And what has actually happened with, so we don't have the 12 anymore. Judas is dead at this point with the 11. Jesus has been appearing to them to tell them he's alive. Have faith, have courage, I'm alive. Doubt and Thomas at one point isn't with them in the room. And so Jesus appears and the other 10 are there and they're just like, this is amazing. This is incredible. Thomas comes back into the room and they're like, Jesus just appeared to us. And he's just like, you wise up. No chance. I don't believe that. And I'll not believe it till I see the nail prints in his hand. I can put my hand on his side. And then Jesus in his love and grace and mercy comes and appears to all 11 of them. And suddenly even doubting Thomas no longer doubts. He now believes they're filled with faith. And here's the thing about this, right, is that in this passage, in the Great Commission, when the 11 uh, disciples, when they come up the mountain, they see Jesus. So even for Thomas, this might be only the second time that he's seeing him post-resurrection. They see him, and they're so delighted. They're so enthralled. And so they worship. They're enthralled. But here's the thing. There was more than the 11. For me, there were more than the 11 disciples up the mountain at that stage. Because here's what we go on to read. Some doubted. All 11, Jesus has appeared to them already. They have no doubts. There were all their followers of Jesus. You see, we know that. Well, the the Gospels reference quite a bit about the 11. There were many, many other followers of Jesus, and some of them were up the mountain. Some theologians actually reckon where Paul talks about this, he's saying this to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 15. He says this about Jesus, one of his post-resurrection appearance. He says this, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Some theologians think it could have been this. Regardless of how many people were up, there were more than the 11, and there were some people that had doubts. And here's the thing, is that with all the stuff that we've been talking about over the last while, even though you might have some doubts or reservations or some fear, it's even into this, while some people were there that had doubts, Jesus still speaks to them and says, go, I trust you. Go, even though you have your doubts, go, I trust you. And here's the reason why we're able to go is because this day reminds us we have a helper, the Holy Spirit who is with us. The significant thing is this. So in the, with the 12 and the 72, as Jesus sends them out, he sends them out with power and authority. This is what we read in the Great Commission. It says, says this, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority. The significant thing about this for me is that, and this is the thing that for me, I wonder if the disciples were kind of scratching their heads. Because now at this point, Jesus stands in front of them and he says, go, here's the authority. So the devil that has stolen authority from man at the fall, Jesus has defeated him on the cross, has taken it back off him and now gives it back to us. But it's at this point, Jesus now, well, before he's released with power and authority, now he just gives authority. He says, here's my authority, now I'm giving it to you. But here's what Jesus says to do. So here's my authority, but here's what I want you to do, guys. Don't be at things just yet. I want you to go into Jerusalem, and I want you to wait. Here's my authority, but I want you to go into Jerusalem. I want you to wait. And when you're, what you're going to wait for is the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And this is what we believe on this day. This is what it reminds us that on the day of Pentecost, as the Holy Spirit fell, the church had already carried the authority of Christ. We're now filled with the power of Christ. And the commission that we now live out is that we are those again that are filled with power and authority. This is ours. 
This is what we carry. And so when you stand with your fears and your reservations and your doubts, it's into that that Jesus still says, I trust you, go carry my authority. You're not doing this in your own strength. It's my authority. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you that enables you to do this. Now go and go and do these things and bring the kingdom to people that need it. And today I just really felt that as we, as we try to finish this off over the next 15 minutes, this is why Jesus has said this verse, you know, I've looked at very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. The Holy Spirit is with us. This is the identity of who we are. We're sent people, everyone, every day, everywhere. But as we go, we recognize we've been given power and authority. So today reminds us the Holy Spirit is with us. Two things that I just feel I would love to impress on our hearts today that I feel that is essential if we're going to be those that live out our lives before other people. The first thing is this. We need to be a people that listen. The Spirit wants to lead us. We, want to be, we need to be a people that listen to what the Spirit is saying to us because the Spirit wants to lead us. A few weeks ago, Phil looked at some of our spheres of influence, and so we, here were some of them. He chatted about your existing networks. He said that could be like your school, your work, your community. He chatted about families. It's into this that we want to make Jesus known. We see that many references in the Gospels where people came to faith and their whole households were saved, not because of their belief, but because as they came to faith, they shared it with their families. And then we, we believe this as well. With the unreached people, there are many people in the world who do not yet know Jesus. There are people who have a real heart for this. We're going to be praying for this at the end to see the lost one, people who do not know anything even about the person of Jesus Christ. That's why we have people like Zoe and Robbie and Tara and Rachel and, and Adam have just arrived there today in Cambodia making Jesus known in a nation where it's, it's people who are caught in, in a religion of, of Buddhism and a lion of deception. They're coming and they're proclaiming the message of Jesus to them reaching the unreached, but it's into these places. God wants to use us in lots of different ways. And the verse that I just really wanted to really reflect on just for these last 10 minutes is simply this, Psalm 46. We're going to look at this in two ways. The first one is obviously around listen, as I've just said. Here it is, Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. We've all read this verse before, haven't we? Be still and know that I am God. The, the Hebrew word for, for this word, be still, is this word, rafa, and that this is what it means. It just simply is be still. It also means to slacken, which we'll look at in a wee while. But the first thing we want to look at is this, be still. One of the things that I feel the Spirit wants to call us into in increasing ways is that we would be a people that would simply wait. That we would be a people that would know what it is to be still and to be silent before the Father. Because here's the promise of God that we read in the Psalms. When you're still, when you're still before the Lord, this is the place that we know him. We know his heart. It's the most significant thing to know God, and to know his heart. But yet as people, I don't know about you, as people we just want to get at it. <laughs> Do you know when people always say to you, oh, how you doing? And this phrase we just seem to say all the time, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> We're a busy people. We like to be busy doing things. We'd rather be a Martha than a Mary. We love to just be active and to be doing different bits and pieces. But yet this is the promise. 
be still and know. The thing is, before we go, this, this was the point of the disciples, even before they're now commissioned and sent out, as Tash has led us with, that this is for all of us to go. Before the disciples are commissioned, they spend three years getting to know Jesus and his ways. They know him, and then they're sent. There's something about knowing God and out of a place of knowing, then making him known. Sometimes I feel that what I try to do sometimes this is my own, my own stuff. Sometimes I just try to, I, I work out of my stuff. And sometimes what I release to people is my stuff. But yet the heart of the Father is be still and know me. Be still and know that I am God. And then it's out of this, it's out of the place of knowing that he is God, then this is what he says. He says, then I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There's an order to this. Be still and know and then I will be exalted in the nations. Then I will be exalted on the earth. It seems to be as a church, we've always got it the wrong way around. We just think, right, if we can get a nice wee program, get a nice wee thing in place, we'll do this, this, and this. We'll make people know God, and then like that will all be great. But yet the heart of the Father is this. Be still, you personally, get to know who I am. And out of a place of knowing me, it's that that you release to the earth, and it's that that you release to the nations. This is how they get to know who I am. It's out of the place of overflow, because this is what the Holy Spirit speaks. If you want to know the significance, this is why we need to be still. Listen to the words of Jesus. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But listen to this. Whatever he hears, he will speak and will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that is the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Imagine this. The conversation going on in the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's conversations about your life. There's conversations about some of the people and those spheres of influence that we're talking about, places and situations. The Father's heart desire for some of these things. The Father's heart desire for your life. And sometimes the reason why we don't catch the Father's heart for us is because we're never still enough to listen and hear. What is the Father saying? Phil spoke a few weeks ago about prayer. We, we like to pray. We like to bring our shopping list to God. God, I need this, 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 and this. But you know, prayer, it's, 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 a, it's a communication with God. I don't know about you, but communication has to be two ways. So one of the things I feel as a church we need to, to be careful of is that when we're praying, we need to make sure that there's moments that we stop talking and we listen. How do we be still and know? Because in those moments, this is when the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. This is what the Father is saying to you. While the enemy would say things about you, or even with your own insecurities and your own stuff and what the world would say about you, there's so much noise and so many different voices. It's when we deliberately shut out all the other influences and say, God, I just want to hear you. I want to hear your heart. When before you go in, even the things that we were talking about, how you bless and how you release blessings to people, when you, if you're in your work or you're with people, before you go in and you go to speak to people or in situations, it's just the being still, God, what is your heart for this conversation? What is your heart for this person? That's what we speak out of. And in a place of being still and knowing this is when he's exalted in the nation. So let me just ask you one question. What's your practices like of being still? How often do you practice waiting and being still? It can seem like the most awkward thing. 
That's why I would really love to encourage you again to get involved with the life group. One of the rhythms that we're practicing in life group constantly is just being still and being silent. And we're telling our life group leaders, don't try to rescue the silence. If it gets awkward and no one's spoken for five minutes, that's okay. <laughs> Be still and know, it's the promise. Be still and know that I am God. What is our rhythms like? Pray about this. Be asking yourself how you can intentionally start to build this in. The second part of this finally is this. It's this idea of letting go. The Spirit empowers us. So be still and know that I am God. Again, that word rafa means be still, but it also means to slacken. This is what the root meaning of this word be still means. It means to slacken, to release, to let go. There's stuff that the Spirit is trying to do in your life. And much of why you're not seeing the manifestation of it in your life or through your life is because we're not letting go. One of the verses that it talks about, Paul says this to the church in Thessalonica, do not quench the spirit. Sometimes what we can do is we can quench the spirit, we can suppress the spirit, we can restrict the spirit. What can so easily happen is that the spirit, even in that place of being still and hearing what you feel God is saying to you, sometimes you can restrict a release of that because the first thing you try to do then after you've heard God is you try to rationalize it in your mind. <laughs> How does that work again? God, what does that look like? How does that, how does that equate to what I know is natural <laughs> and safe? And we try, to, we try to bring it down to our understanding on our ways of things, and yet this is what John says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. As the spirit tries to birth stuff in your life, the last thing you can try to do is to rationalize it in a fleshly way. As we try to process it in our minds, we can never equate or understand some of the things that the spirit is trying to release. And so what I would just love to encourage us this morning is as the church, is that in this sense of be still and know it's this, let go. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Let go. Whatever the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's so important, obviously, that you pray and you earnestly desire. God will not force anything on you. Our hearts should be hungry to receive. This is what we're going to pray for now. Our hearts should be hungry to receive of the Holy Spirit. The Bible actually says that to earnestly desire the things of the Spirit, it actually means to like lust after the things of the Spirit, such as your heart for this. You just want that so bad. Ask for it, seek after. But when the spirit tries to move in your life, let go. Don't try to, don't try to work it out. It's a, it's a let go. This is beyond our thoughts and what we can comprehend. Let go. And when we let go, that is at that point that we get to know God. There's an experience of God. It's at that point is that as the Holy Spirit comes upon us and seeks to work through us, as if we let go and release him, this is when he's exalted in the nations. It's that the nations get to know God and get to know what he's about because the Spirit is speaking and moving through us and we let go. What I would say this morning, church, is don't play safe with the Spirit. This requires risk. There's some of you I feel, and this has been sometimes with me, I feel that there's times I've prayed for the gifts of the Spirit and as the gifts have started to come upon me, I've, I've just downplayed it. I'm like, well, that's not the spirit. That's just me. I was, oh, that's, that's just me. So I remember the first time I spoke in tongues, like, oh, that was, that's just that's stupid. That's just me. That can't be the Holy Spirit. That's not right. And they suppress it. 
you try to work it out in your mind, just let go. Let go. Let go and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. Finally, we think just to say is this. If you want to see God at work, then get to work. He wants to work through you. What I mean by this is that some people say all the time, I'd love to see a move of God. And yet the way that God wants to move is through you. (laughs) We're the church. If you want to see a move of God in our lifetime and in our nation, then let go. It starts with you. (laughs) It starts in each one of our hearts and our lives. And listen, for many of you, we're all at different parts of the journey. We're all at different steps along the way. Whatever the Holy Spirit is seeking to do, allow him to do what he needs to do in your life. Do not, try to, do not try to restrict it. Do not try to always try to comprehend or understand it. It's, it's, trust him in this. Trust what the Spirit wants to do. And so Susie even was saying at the start a word on this, you know, that um, even, even for, for Peter when he was released from prison and he turns up at the door, and they've been praying for this. This is a move of the Spirit. And it's just like, well, that can't be Peter's or he's in prison. When the Spirit turns up again, we try to rationalize it. We try to work it out. And yet the Spirit's turning up. And for many of you, there's things that you're asking the Holy Spirit to help you with. There's For many of you as well, that even in this time where we're talking about be still and knowing in this time of waiting, you need to know that there's moments that actually come when your time of waiting is over, when the Pentecost moments come, when something's being birthed. And what you need to do, need not to do, I was talking about this in the email that I sent to the church during the week. When you get in a season where things are tough and you're praying for breakthrough, the thing you need to do is not hold on to that season that you're in, but when the moment comes of breakthrough is let go and step into it. Let go and step into it. Don't hold on to some of the things that just feel comfortable. You can get and you, you can get your identity wrapped up in that place of waiting or in that hard place in your life. Breakthrough comes when we let go. Birthing comes when we release. This is even in a natural way for someone to give birth. There has to be a release. That's why women are encouraged by the midwife. Come on, push. Push through. I'm sure the last thing I want to do is push. Let go and know that I am God. And so what I would love to do just as we finish, I would just love to pray for a couple of things. Just maybe Sarah and the guys can come just as we wrap this up. This morning it was just really these two things. I just really feel that for us as a church, tonight I would just love to invite you to come back. Tonight we're going to have, we're, we're, we're setting aside the 166 series for tonight. And we just want to create space for a, a night of encounter. And tonight we want to just practice just rhythms of being still and just waiting before the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak. We'd love to invite you to come back. If you can't make tonight, I would just love to really encourage you this week. Be intentional. Listen, you will not get space to be still and to have silence before the Lord unless you actually carve it out. So get your diary out and start asking yourself, whereabouts in your day or whereabouts in the week can you do this? Really love to encourage you to do it. And as you do it, Stay in the awkwardness of the silence. It can seem awkward at times, but allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. What I would love to do this morning, just as we finish, we'd just love to pray for us all in a little second. But the first thing is this, in the outer circle of this, the unreached, over the last couple of weeks, we've been speaking specifically about people who are carrying an evangel- the grace of an evangelist. People have a real heart to go out in a proclamation sense of way to, to, the, to the unreached. 
in this nation and in the nations. There's people who are carrying that heart almost in a, in, a nas- in a global sense to the nations. And this morning, I would just love to pray for you if that's you. Uh, and so what I would love to do just as, as we finish this, if you feel that for you particularly, you're carrying a burden for the lost in this sense, people who do not yet know Jesus, maybe even people who have never heard of the name of Jesus, both in this nation and in the nations, I would love you just as we, we don't really have lots of time here this morning, I would love you to stand if that's you, because we would love to pray just for an infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life, and then we're going to pray for everyone at the end. But if that's you, I would love you to stand. All right, if you're you're sitting around these guys that are standing, could you put your hands on them, please? Let's be the body together. We're going to pray for one another in a second. Father, I thank you for each one of uh, these people that are standing today. And God, I thank you for what you're burdening in their heart, God, just for the lost. God, we recognize that there's this call upon all of us to be evangelistic. But God, upon these people that are feeling grace, God, just to carry that sense of a release of proclamation and declaration of who you are. Father, I just pray, God, Lord, for them. God, I pray, Lord, that with deep within them, God, there's a sense of knowing you, Father God. Of knowing your heart for them, firstly. But God, of knowing a release of it, God, to those around them. Holy Spirit, we just pray for a fresh infilling of your Pentecost power fall upon each one of these people. Father God, we pray, Lord, this week, God, that in anything that they do, God, in any of their actions or any of the things that they say or speak with people, God, this week we just pray, God, that there will be a recognition, God, of an increase of supernatural power and anointing being released upon their life. God, we just pray, Lord, for an ease, God, and a grace just to flow upon them. God, we pray, God, that in the midst of some of those difficult situations, we pray for words of wisdom, words of knowledge, God, to be released um, uh, upon them, God, and through them. God, we pray, Lord, for dreams, God, in the night, God, that even as they speak, God, and have those moments of being still and knowing you, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would place specific people, specific uh, places, specific situations, God, into their hearts. God, would you birth this within them? God, we just pray a release of Pentecost power upon their lives today in Jesus name I would love if you if you feel comfortable today for the rest of us just to stand I would love just as before we worship just for all of us just to I'm going to just pray for us today for all of us if if we believe in Jesus there's this sense that this is a call upon all of us that's why I wanted to go back over that Tash started that's how I finished it this is the commission upon all of our lives It's one thing to know your weaknesses and the enemy knows your weaknesses and will try to remind you of it all the time. It's one thing to know your weaknesses but it's another thing to know where your power comes from. It's far greater than any weakness that you could ever think of. It far outweighs it all. This is why this day is good news. Holy Spirit is with us. Holy Spirit is empowering us. And so why don't you just hold out your hands this morning just as we finish. We're going to just pray. Receive of him afresh. Again, I'd love to invite you to come out tonight just where we just uh, press in for a night just of impartation and encounter with the Holy Spirit. Create space for that. But let's just receive him in these moments just before we worship.
Holy Spirit, we thank you for Pentecost power. Thank you for that moment that the church, which was carrying the authority given to it by Jesus, suddenly receives the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I just pray, Lord, for all of us. God, there would just be moments, God, even in our lives this week, God, this day, God, of just waiting, being still and knowing. God, as whatever we hear, the Spirit speak to us, God, that he has heard from you. God, we just pray that this week, God, would be a week of just letting go. Spirit, that as you come upon us and you release gifts upon us and graces upon us, God, that we wouldn't restrict or hold it back. But, Father, we would just trust you and just let it go. We just pray a release in the name of Jesus, God, upon every life. God, we just recognize, God, Lord, the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't a one-off thing. God, every day we just invite a fresh infilling of your supernatural power within us. And so, God, right now, God, I pray that. God, as we stand before work colleagues tomorrow, family, and friends, people that you've placed us around. God, we recognize, God, that without you we're nothing. You're the ones that have the words of life. So God, right now, God, I pray, Lord, for myself, God, and I pray, God, for every person standing in this room. Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh? This is our prayer today on Pentecost Sunday. Come, Holy Spirit. Why don't you just say those words yourself afresh? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We trust you. Holy Spirit, would you give us ears to hear what you're saying? We just need to, we, our hearts desire to listen to you. Thank you that you're here with us. We are not left alone. You're with us. Your presence is with us. Your power is with us, but you speak to us. God, give us ears to hear what you're saying, Holy Spirit, to us this week. And Father, I just pray this week, God, be a week, God, of release, God, and breakthrough in our lives. God, for the gifts, God, that have already started to be released, God, we just pray, God, for a birthing of them this week. And God, even for the gifts that we already have, God, for what we're about to step in. To God, we just open ourselves afresh for the new. This is a new moment, it's a now moment, and we say, Holy Spirit, come upon us for what you're doing right now. Come and fill us afresh. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Love you, Father. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.